Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've got more updates for you regarding trades and transactions made by the Thunder since our last podcast. Plus, as the holiday season rolls around, we'll talk about what the Thunder is doing to keep spirits high in the middle of this pandemic. Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, I don't think there's any argument here that this has been one of the busiest off-seasons for the NBA, and the Thunder takes no exception to that whatsoever. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 24th, which means since we last updated you all of the roster moves and transactions being made by the Thunder on Friday, a couple new moves and updates have taken place, keeping up with the theme of a busy off-season. Nick, have you been able to keep up with everything? Yeah, I've had to get out my scratch paper and, you know, maybe make sure I'm showing my work on all of the things that have been going on so far. Seven official trades for the Thunder, working with nine other teams so far. Um, and we've had a couple moves here recently, Paris, that we can hopefully get Thunder fans up to speed on what's actually been made official by the team. Hopefully we can provide a little bit of clarity with everything that's going on. But perhaps the most headlining trade since Friday Um, It was announced this morning by Executive Vice President and General Manager Sam Presti, and it involved the big Kiwi himself, Stephen Adams, being acquired by the New Orleans Pelicans in a trade that involved not one, not two, not even three, but four different teams that wanted to get in on the action. Right, and that haul kind of brought back a variety of things for the Thunder, including first-round pick, two second-round picks, and then uh, a a host of players, a a few Longtime NBA veterans in George Hill, uh, who you'll probably remember from those uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers teams alongside LeBron James and some other high-level NBA teams, the, the Milwaukee Bucks most recently. He was a big factor down in the Orlando bubble. And then a, another guy in Darius Miller. He's a 38% three-point shooter for his career, 30 years old. And then a, a trio of younger guys, Kenrich Williams, and then Josh Gray and Zylan Cheatham, all from New Orleans. We'll be sure to give you all of the updates on, on those guys and what they bring to the table for the Thunder a little bit later. But in addition to this you know, huge batch of young talent that the Thunder just received, you also mentioned a few draft picks coming down the line in the future. And there was another transaction made by the Thunder this weekend on Sunday involving the Golden State Warriors, where the Thunder also received a couple more first-round draft picks and in exchange for Kelly Oubre to Golden State, who the Thunder received in the initial trade from Phoenix in exchange for Chris Paul and Abdul Nader. Yeah, Pressy is just continuing to utilize all of these assets to continue to take the long view and acquire even more long-term assets. So a 2021 first-round pick from Golden State that's protected through the top 20, so the Thunder will get it if Golden State finishes 21 through 30. And then also a trade exception. Um, And a trade exception is also what's been acquired in the Steven Adams deal as well. A massive one, I believe the largest one in NBA history. So those are, again, just opportunities Those expire within a year, but it's a chance for the Thunder to absorb a massive contract that maybe some team is not as good as they thought they were going to be, or a team doesn't want to get into the luxury tax and they feel like they want to unload a player that's making a, a significant salary. The Thunder could absorb that contract without having to send anyone back. And they'd probably be asking for another future asset in the deal as well. If, if anything that we've seen uh, is maybe a precursor to what's to come, it's that the Thunder is going to be looking for draft picks and you know, finding a way to stockpile those things so that they can be leveraged in the future. 
Absolutely. And, and it, let's, let's just try to air out as much as possible. Nick, our, our intelligence insider extraordinaire, what is our first round draft pick number up to at this point? Okay. So we're at officially 16 first round picks and nine second round picks through the 2027 draft. Most teams would only have seven of each of those. Uh, two of those first rounders have been require, acquired over the past week. And um, it's possible that more details are going to emerge uh, for trades over the next, you know, weeks. And uh, some of those numbers, I mean, there, there are more assets for the Thunder to utilize. And so that's, there's a pretty good chance that those numbers continue to increase. We'll just have to see, Paris. Uh, as you can tell, things are very fluid right now. We always have to be on our toes here on the Thunder Basketball Universe and keep our head on a swivel, but let's start talking about some of these new acquisitions that the Thunder obtained in the trade involving New Orleans, and we'll start with the young guys. Let's, let's talk about Kendrick Williams here, aka Kenny Hustle, as <laughs> research tells me. <laughs> Nick, what, what do we need to know about this guy? Well, he's from Waco, Texas, uh, TCU graduate, uh, went undrafted, but this is a guy who has just fought his way into an NBA rotation, started 47 out of his 85 career games over the past two seasons with New Orleans. Uh, he's a guy that is kind of just does a little bit of everything on the floor, not a high-level three-point shooter at this point, uh, but a guy that can knock down that corner three. He runs well in transition, um, had, to, had a few breakout games, uh, but was really a guy that just with his length and size, somebody that I think the Thunder is going to take a look at here and just bring him in, see what they've got. There's so many players as we continue to to talk about guys that are coming into the program. They either have been playing at, you know, in Europe, like uh, Alexei Pokashevsky or playing for NBA teams in rotations where they haven't really had featured minutes or they haven't really had a featured role. And I think Kenrich Williams is a guy that fits into that mold. He's playing alongside wings like Brandon Ingram and, and guards like Lonzo Ball and, and Zion Williamson. And so the shots are not going to be there for a guy like that. And so one of the hardest things in the NBA to do as a role player is to be efficient when you're getting three, four, five shots a game. A guy like Kenrich Williams, maybe with, with an expanded role, becomes a little bit more efficient. That's right. And I, I love the fact, that fact that you brought up a lot of these guys did have a lot of time in the G League and a lot of time just kind of in these role playing positions with their respective teams. And I think I understand how we got the name Kenny Hustle. He had a little bit of a different path to the NBA, went undrafted, worked his way up through different summer league opportunities and ended up getting these starting minutes. So you're going to get a, a, a really good glue guy who knows how to play within himself and does what's asked of him on the floor. In, in Williams there. A couple of other players for the Thunder now. We also have Josh Gray, Zylan Cheatham, who actually played with Lou Dort in Arizona State. And the, the journeys are very parallel here, Nick. And I, thought, I found this fascinating. They both went to Arizona State after transferring from other universities. And then they both went undrafted in the 2019 draft. They both signed two-way deals. And now they're both about to be on the same team with a Thunder. Just a really cool story that came full circle for these two. Yeah, and, and this is a guy that at six foot five led the Pac-12 in rebounding. Um, and that's just pretty sensational that, that he, he can do something like that. Um, and just really an interesting kind of player to bring in, obviously, um, a little bit older than the, the track of some of these younger guys that the Thunder has. He's 25 years old. Um, 
but you know, he's a guy that still does not have a ton of NBA experience. And so throwing him in there and seeing what he can do in some of these situations uh, will be interesting because he certainly uh, has a long runway to go still as a player. But at 6'5 and really athletic, has a lot of switchability and high-level athlete on the defensive end, there's definitely a lot of upside for him. But Nick, let's talk about some of the, the elder statesmen that also came into this, particularly George Hill, a name that a lot of NBA fans will, will find familiar. And he is now going to be a member of this Thunder roster. Yeah, I think just from a leadership standpoint, George Hill is going to be uh, vital to any team that he's on. And so bringing a guy like him in, especially when you have such a young core of players here, you're talking about SGA, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Poku, Uh, To have a guy like George Hill, who not only has proven to be a leader on the floor, but as we saw down in the bubble in Orlando, Paris, uh, a leader just in terms of uh, being somebody that can speak out and speak so well and so thoughtfully about some of the issues of the day and being a leader of men and not just a leader of basketball players he's not just known around the league as being like this three-point specialist. And exactly like you're saying, he's known for being this kind of consummate professional on and off the floor. This season, actually, he was named to the Community Assist Award alongside Chris Paul and others as well. Just being that kind of veteran presence, that professional presence and doing what's required of him on the floor, but also going that extra mile off the floor. So this is a really good addition in terms of that veteran presence like you're mentioning. You did mention the shooting, though. He shot 46% from three this past year. Um, That's really impressive, particularly uh, at his age, I believe 35, 34, excuse me. And again, this is a guy that can play on and off the ball as a point guard. He's got size. Uh, Will be interesting to see him paired alongside SGA. That length in the backcourt with him, Lou, SGA, that's going to be difficult for opposing defenses to get through. I can't believe I just glossed over his three-point shooting. I mean, he was number one in three-point percentage last year. (laughs) Don't know how I missed that one. (laughs) Well, you know, it helps when you're playing alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo and the other big-time three-point shooters up there in Milwaukee. Uh, But again, the shots have to go in. No matter how open they are, if they don't go in, then you're not getting those percentages. And so, yeah, George Hill is a guy that can definitely be a factor for the Thunder this year. This is true. Now, we've talked about the the new assets for the Thunder, and we've talked about the trades that made these assets possible. And we all know that there is a lot going on and a lot to keep up with. But what we can potentially provide a little bit of clarity on is what this all means and what the end goal here is for the Thunder. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but with all of the assets and all of the moves being made by Sam Presti in the front office, there's an end goal in sight. And so in whether the, there are more trades to be coming down the line here soon or more to unravel, you can kind of follow the steps that the team is taking towards an end goal. Nick, with everything that the team has just done, all the moves, all the transactions, can you help put into perspective just what these assets mean for the Thunder down the road? Well, I think you can take the 2020 draft as a microcosm of what having this absolute stockpile of draft assets can do for the team. So the Thunder came into the draft with picks 25 and 28, and they end up moving up to 17 to take Alexei Pokashevsky. And they make an ancillary trade to get to number 37 to take Veet Krejci. Uh, these are moves that because they had other assets to play with, they were able to go up and get the guys that they actually really mm-hmm. wanted. And I think that as you look at 
the vast number of picks that the Thunder has, you don't necessarily think, okay, they're going to make every single one of these selections, but they have the capital to get to the places in the draft that they want. They have the capital to go get a, a player that's somewhere out there in the league that they want, that they feel like will be on the same arc as the, the rest of this sort of development path that the team is going on. So um, when you bring in a coach like Mark Dagnall to be your, your head man, who's a development-minded coach, when you have players like SGA, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley as your, as your core key guys, Hamadou Diallo, all sort of in that 20 to 23 age, you know, year old range. And then you're continuing to layer with draft picks like Pokashevsky, who's 18 and Krejci, who's 20 and, you know, continuing to do these types of things. You're, you're building towards something where in the next half decade, you're, you're building back up towards a, a spot where you can try to regain that sustainable long-term success that the team had for the first 12 years. To certainly taking the, the long, long-term approach and vision moving forward on what this, this team needs in order to get back to that high level of success that, that, that they've experienced for so long for these past 12 years. And Nick, you wrote a great article on this that went up on okcthunder.com today explaining all of these transactions and the significance that they hold for the Thunder and their goals moving forward. We'll be sure to link that in the show notes today. But another thing that we do want to point out is that, you know, Steven Adams has been a huge factor for the Thunder for these past seven seasons that he's been here. And Nick, you and I have had two different kind of perspectives on Steven. Obviously, you actually went to New Zealand with Steven. And that was just an incredible. I've heard so many stories about that from everybody who was on that trip. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is good perspective, too, that in order to make this type of long-term move, there are things that have to happen along the way in order to rebuild back up and reposition the franchise in the way that they're doing. One of those is parting ways with a fan favorite, a guy that I've grown to love, um, Steven Adams, uh, just a guy that from the very beginning when he first got here, so funny, you, you couldn't keep up with his jokes. And, you know, he just doesn't laugh. He, he keeps on going. You're cracking up in the background and he's just able to deadpan it all the way. You mentioned the trip to New Zealand. Uh, that was back in 2015. And um, a few of us went over there to record a, a film, a documentary called The Kiwi Way. That's one of the, the very first uh, film as a part of our OKC Thunder Films program here at the Thunder. And uh, that was an incredible opportunity to get to know him as a human being, um, really learn his journey. Very fascinating story. Uh, a guy that grew up with nearly 20 brothers and sisters. Uh, I think it was 18. And we got to just meet his extended family, his friends that were basically family. Uh, they, they brought us skeet shooting, fishing. Uh, we ate an insane amount of food while we were there, you know, trying to eat alongside Steven Adams is, is quite a task. Um, and the coolest thing was they, they did what's called a hangi for us, which, uh, they, it's a, it's a traditional New Zealand meal that has actually cooked by being buried, buried in a bag underground and then 
it is all heated up underground and it's a mixture of all sorts of meats and vegetables and uh, I believe potatoes. And um, anyway, it was absolutely delicious, very traditional old school style of cooking, um, but also just a very family oriented night um, that was kind of our, our send off for our trip there. You got to see just like the origins of Stephen Adams and kind of what he was, what he grew up on really. Right. Yeah. And I think it, explains a lot of who he is, why he wears flip-flops in 40 degree weather, um, why he's always wearing camouflage. Um, You know, this is a guy that thought most likely he was probably going to just be working on a farm. Um, And then life took him in a different direction. And he's an NBA player who has had an incredible career so far. He was a huge factor on the Thunder's playoff runs really since he got to the team in 2013. Um, Big time in the 2014 run to the Western Conference Finals, 2016 run to the Western Conference Finals, um, and then the the playoff runs since then. Just a a guy that has used physicality, intelligence on defense um, to really elevate himself and his teammates. And whenever I came to the Thunder before I actually went into my first interview in the organization, my first impression of Steven Adams was I actually went and I read his book because I like, in just my preparations, I was like, well, if there's a book on a player, I should probably read it, get a better understanding. And so all of the things that you just talked about, I felt like I kind of understood after reading his book, My Life, My Fight. And going into these, these interviews, I was like trying to, you know, sprinkle in some things that I learned from Steven's book, just feeling like I understood where he grew up, like you said, and his mentality as a player coming into the NBA. So I felt like I had an understanding of Steven coming into the league. That all went away after I saw the very first play of the very first preseason game with the Thunder and it was a three-pointer in the corner by Steven Adams. And suddenly I knew nothing about this guy whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, we've, we've talked about keeping you on your toes. That's what Steven Adams does. There's never a dull moment. That's right. Absolutely right. Well, it's season two here of the Thunder Basketball Universe, and with a new season, we're bringing out a little bit of a different format. So instead of our normal, regular three segments of Main Thing, Made You Look, and Bless Your Timeline, we'll still have those in the bank, but we're also adding a couple of new segments to our podcast. So we might have a different rotation of segments after our normal discussion in each podcast, but today we have made you look and a bless your timeline starting with made you look what made us look this week were the thunders holiday assist events it's hard to believe that you know the holiday season is already upon us but it's crazy to think that now we're getting into these holiday assist events that the thunder has been doing traditionally for the entire time it's been an organization in oklahoma city This year's looks a little bit different. The first one was at the Boys and Girls Club. They handed out pre-made Thanksgiving meals to families coming through. And then the second one was at Restore OKC, where the Thunder handed out 400 Thanksgiving meals to families to go home and cook, cook for their loved ones. It was just an absolutely incredible sight to see that the Thunder was still making this happen in the midst of a pandemic. The event at the Boys and Girls Club is an incredible continuation, Paris, of what 
Russell Westbrook started actually when he was here. Russell was a member of the Boys and Girls Club when he was a kid and has always reached back out and, and gone to that Boys and Girls Club over there on Western uh, Avenue in Northwest Oklahoma City. And he always hosted a Thanksgiving dinner there. And so it's been really cool, uh, even since he's been gone, that the Thunder has continued that tradition. And uh, this time, though, it had to be a, a drive through So I'm really curious from your vantage point, what did you feel was different uh, about, about a Thanksgiving dinner that was more of a drive through situation? It was certainly a lot different than the Thunder's usual events. It was all outdoors. There was not a single element to the whole event that was inside whatsoever. But they made it work. I mean, there was a fluid drive-through. Everybody that came through was greeted by the Thunder drummers, and then Rumble was standing on top of his van, and they were handed their Thanksgiving meal, and then they were on their way. It was just really important that it would have been really easy to cancel. It would have been really easy to postpone. And honestly understandable in the midst of everything that's gone on this year with the pandemic and the the boys and girls club was actually had the other uh, thing to deal with that they had to deal with an ice storm that took out their power nick you and i lost power as well and the boys and girls club lost power and a lot of kids rely on the boys and girls club for their meals for their you know shelter after school and so with virtual learning and you know the the food that they provide it was just really important that the boys and girls club and the thunder figure out a way to provide some sense of normalcy in the midst of everything that had happened especially in these past two months going into the holiday season so while it looked a little bit different the the joy and the gratitude and the thankfulness all of that was still very very present from everybody that came through Yeah, I I love that you're underscoring just the importance of the Boys and Girls Club in our community. It's a place that truly helps kind of forge connections and it helps bridge gaps in people's days. You know, there are Mm -hmm. families that uh, really rely on the Boys and Girls Club. There's there's kids that just truly enjoy their time being able to to make bonds with their uh, classmates, uh, make bonds with the the mentors there. Um, And then, you know, it's just another great way that the Thunder can reach out to the community, much like the Restore OKC event. Uh, You know, this is another tradition that the Thunder has of passing out Thanksgiving meals that can be taken home and, and cooked on people's own time. This was, this was also a very different look than it normally is. We're normally packed into the, uh, the Restore OKC Market, which is a small little you know, grocery store that provides fresh food and groceries and produce for, for everybody on the east side of Oklahoma City, which is technically deemed a food desert, everybody in the northeast community of Oklahoma City. And so what Restore OKC does is they provide some food for everybody. It's only one of the things that they really do for the community, but they have a five acre farm that, you know, kids go out and they work on and then they provide that fresh produce to that market for everybody in that community. But this year, the Thunder, it was all outdoors. Again, they partnered with Homeland and provided 400 Thanksgiving meals, including a turkey. You got the sides, everybody got a pie. Rumble was giving out turkeys and everything. It was fantastic. And again, I mean, you you add a pandemic to a, a community that is already deemed a food desert, and that's just not the recipe for a happy, healthy Thanksgiving. And so the fact that this happened, again, really, really important for the Thunder, and it was just full of smiles and happy faces, a lot of gratitude from everybody that came through the event. Yeah, I'm glad you used the word gratitude, Paris, because that is the feeling that I, I've always felt at that event. 
over the years, which is there are people that are coming there that this is their chance to have some semblance of normalcy on a crucial holiday, you know, for their kids, for their families, for maybe the, the elder people in their family that want to just have a nice time on Thanksgiving and maybe be in a situation where that's just not really feasible one, because they can't get access to that type of food or two, they might not be able to afford it. Um, And so the fact of the matter is the thunder, when they, when they invite these people in 400 Thanksgiving meals, Mm -hmm. you just see the looks on people's faces of gratitude that, they know that they're going to have a good Thanksgiving. And especially during the holiday season with the pandemic still happening, a lot of people are feeling down. They're feeling like they can't be with their families or loved ones at this time. And we spoke to a lady who said that when she got her turkey, she was reminded of something that her mom always said, which was whatever happens to you in your life, be it, you know, pandemic or the world that's going on right now you have to look for the good and she said coming through restore okc that day with the thunder was the good so that was the the highlight of that day definitely for me it is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline and The Thunder blessed all of our timelines with a very, very heartfelt post on Instagram and on Twitter. The caption's very simple. It just says, thanks, mate. But the pictures say everything that you need to know. Nick, in all of these pictures that we're scrolling through here on Instagram, which one is your favorite? I think it's got to be the one where Nick Collison is twirling Steven Adams' mustache. It just... It brought me back to the Stash Brothers days and just the, the oh, the Bond villain mustache that, that Steven rocked uh, during a few years there alongside Ennis Cantor. So I, I think that's my favorite. I also love the, the picture where Steven is kissing another picture of himself. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what was going on there. Old kiss, old Steven kissing younger Steven is, yeah. <laughs> Very it was Steven like Kiwiception, you know? <laughs> exactly. My favorite is Steven in a suit. I mean, hands down, that's all you need to know. It's just one in a million opportunity that we see something like that. And a little was, doff of the cap, you know? <laughs> top of the day to you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely go check out all the at OKC Thunder social channels for that Steven Adams appreciation post. And then also all the introductory posts of these new players that are coming into the Thunder program. A lot of changes on the Thunder roster. You're going to want to get familiar with these new guys that are on the team because Paris training camp is just around the corner. We're talking the beginning of December. So almost a week away, basically. That's right. And then next thing you know, it's going to be the start of the season, then Christmas. And then we're just in full swing of this 2020, 2021 season. So we'll be ready to go with everything that you need to know along the way. Be sure to stay locked in here at the Thunder Basketball Universe for everything that you need to know. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, Thunder Rest and catch you later.